Hi, this is Roger Green, executive producer and host of the Surfing the National Tsunami podcast. This week, we are offering three separate conversations from our episode, How COVID-19 is Changing Patient Management and Clinical Trials. In this conversation, the third one, the surfers and our guest, Dr. Manal Abdul-Malik, think expansively about ways that health systems in developing and more advanced economies could deploy mobile technology. Ultimately, the group concludes, structured patient education from drug or diagnostic companies, medical associations, public sector, whoever, will be the critical success factor over which medicine has the least control right now. Hope you enjoy this. Hope it pushes you to think differently. Drug developers, investors, researchers, and corporate executives wrestle weekly to understand what is happening in commercial development of NASH medications. Join hepatology researcher and key opinion leader Stephen Harrison, liver wellness advocate Louise Campbell, and forecasting and pricing guru Roger Green as they discuss the issues affecting the evolving NASH market from their own unique perspectives on the Surfing the NASH Tsunami podcast. We link with our local healthcare authorities where there is COVID vaccination sites to say, hey, how do we get to be a part of this? Does it make sense to you from a public health perspective to do this? If so, what is your interest level in supporting us in this initiative? And maybe there's a cost share there where we, we can work with our local healthcare authorities. So I don't know, just more thoughts uh, around this whole initiative. No, and, and, and that's an excellent um, suggestion. And in fact, the British Liver Trust here go around with the van and they're always fully booked people just pitch up and yes they do go to supermarkets yes they do go to areas we had a a gastro conference not last year the year before they had a van the big double-decker bus outside they scanned over 100 people in glasgow people really engage with it and i did a, a session for the british liver trust um because we align with them as well as gli and i use a machine obviously that has cap now i referred a third more patients than the other person who just had stiffness and most of my other my main referrals were really high fat in people who were pre-diabetic or diabetic and one had out and out cirrhosis on fiber scan so it's more urgent referral to his GP if they take that information and share it with their GPs it's absolutely fantastic but the British Liver Trust go around the country and they were all sidelined this year but I think one thing I would like to sort of see with non-communicable diseases in the middle and third world is exactly what you describe going around with vans where you can do the testing you can do the fibre scan you do not want to biopsy somebody who may be a single person parent biopsies really in Nigeria, in Africa, in any of those countries are dangerous and risky at the best of times. And I think if the more mobile we can get, the more we can affect and non-communicable diseases and fatty liver, diabetes affect disproportionately those countries in mortality. So the sort of suggestions that you and Manal have there of being mobile, getting out there with Piccolo, getting the best mobile technology is superb because the vaccine could be rolled out on these vans as well if you can fiber scan you can vaccinate if you're seeing these patients you can be doing it all at the same time it's it's a potential possibility but i suppose the other thing is so many vaccinations around the world have been dropped for other diseases maybe you could have your all-out health van going around doing that big goal but there's no reason it's that mobile and people can engage and I think it's it's an excellent suggestion. You know, when we t- we take a look at other 
other disease states. You know, we started public health screening for lipids, diabetes, blood pressure checks, for example, you know, uh, in, in public centers. But each one of these initiatives first requires heightened public awareness and education. Without that, any initiative would fail because you, you need the the affected population's buy-in to understand that this is important. If I don't decrease my cholesterol, I may have a heart attack. If I don't decrease my blood pressure, I'm going to get heart disease or vascular disease or stroke. And the same applies here. So heightened public awareness is essential. Then cost-effective means by which to deliver this screening inv- intervention. But then it requires an actionable item to be taken. And so if we take a look at a all accesses to the lipid check or the blood pressure check or the glucose check, there is an awareness already of the implications of high cholesterol, diabetes, or high blood pressure on personal health and wellness. And beyond that, there's also an understanding of of an actionable item to be taken on that, whether it be lifestyle changes, dietary changes, increased exercise, or therapies if those fail. And the same principles apply here, but I think as a field, as physicians and even as patients, the bridge yet to the public health awareness campaign and education is still not as strong as we see in other chronic disease states. So we're talking here about a a deliver van, which is great. We can potentially deliver screening initiatives in a cost-effective manner, but unless it's coupled with an actionable item, structured approaches to rendering a message, not just that you have fatty liver disease, we have to render a message that lifestyle changes could decrease your risk for disease progression, could potentially resolve NAFLD and NASH, follow up with your doctor. These constructs have to be well thought out, well developed, and on platforms where we are able to connect with patients at risk for liver disease in ways that the American Diabetes Association, the American Heart Association has connected with them about what we now identify as metabolic drivers for patients with chronic liver disease. But that link needs to be built. Those those building blocks need to be put in place because we can't have one without the other. And they build upon each other. And I still think we're still at base here trying to implement an increased public awareness of fatty liver disease, not just with patients, but also with, with general providers, rendering cost-effective screening strategies, which I think we certainly can do in reaching out to patients with fiber scans or with piccolo tests, but then we need structured actionable items to be taken in such a manner that a patient walks away after a screening having an action plan. And and you're absolutely right. And and I think a highlight of that obviously was the German press covering fatty liver disease for Christmas, which I thought was interesting. But I heard an advert on the radio which last week, which I would have never heard before COVID. And it was an advert about for parents to check the barcodes scanner on their phone to check the fat content and sugar content of food that they're feeding their children because internal fat causes harm. Now, I love that advert. They didn't say where the internal fat was. It didn't matter. It was the fact on mainstream radio in the UK for the first time, there is an advert talking about fat in children that you can now scan your barcodes to check the food that you're feeding your children, which I don't think I would have ever heard without the opportunity of COVID or the National Health Service's obesity strategy. So I think we're getting there a little bit further. 
I would still like them to be overtly inclusive of the liver in some of these adverts, but I'll hey, I'll take it. <laughs> We're talking about internal fat in children on the radio in the UK in an advert. So it's, it, it's a start. Yeah, I mean, I think this has been a wonderful conversation for sure. And to your point, we have yet to have our first advertisement here in the U.S., you know, about fatty liver or about any kind of abdominal fat relative to foodstuffs or whatnot. In fact, I I jokingly kid around that when my son was younger, he would watch football with me on Saturday afternoon, and he knew more about hepatitis C therapy and erectile dysfunction medications than, <laughs> than most people, uh, you know, uh, and and I think really what is holding us back on disease state awareness in NASH is the fact that we do not have an FDA-approved medication. Because I think the minute we get to that point, there will be a significant commercial interest in getting the word out about fatty liver disease. And we'll see the Saturday afternoon commercials. But but without that, it, it's really hard to deliver the message on such a large enough platform that we get enough penetration into the market to really make a big dent on this. And I think that's, that's really the question, is how do we generate a big enough message that it hits a big enough percentage of the population that it actually is meaningful. You know, what Manal's doing at Duke, what I'm doing in Texas, what you're doing in the UK, uh, ultimately is just a very, very, very tiny fraction of the bigger need. And so how do we force multiply that? That's, that's the real question. And I think it's hard to do without big pharma really helping us with that, that initiative. Or the government, in, in your case, like in the UK, making that a big initiative as well. So, you know, I think this discussion today has been outstanding in that regard. Manal, do you have any final message to leave our audience with? I, I think this upcoming year we're going to be, be seeing more structured platforms for, you know, population-based education, patient education to uh, build this bridge that we're talking about such that we can move forward with, well, I know now why it's important and I, I should be screened if I'm in a high-risk category, but these wheels are turning. They uh, may feel slow, but they are moving forward. And the identification of the risk of metabolic syndrome and diabetes, patients are starting to connect with. And sometimes now, more than ever, I am having patients come to clinic saying, I have fatty liver disease. I need to be evaluated. I understand this could be important. We are shifting the needle. That is something I never heard of come from my patients five years ago. It was me telling them, but now they're coming in with a little bit more insight. And so I think we are going to see these bridges built in this upcoming year. Yeah, I think Minal's absolutely correct. I think we're going to move so far forward. And I think, I suppose if I had one wish, it is the NCD agenda that the World Health Organization and the United Nations have. Most governments are signed up to that. But if it doesn't get below a governmental level into mainstream healthcare, then we have an issue. What I would really love to see is an NCD coordinator, either in every hospital or in every 
every region who can tie in and review and connect with all of these patients with diseases that are connected to cardiovascular, to cancer, the diabetes, the fatty liver, and, and somebody start to coordinate the care in a multidisciplinary way because MCDs and the agenda for reducing health mortality is 2030 is coming very quickly from 2020, which will have devastating effects for years, but it's an agenda worldwide, so it should be an agenda locally. So I would really love to see MCD coordinators in a, health, in a mainstream health environment. We hope you have enjoyed this conversation. If you have any questions about it or comments about the episode in general, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We are releasing two more conversations from this episode. Our next new episode will release on Thursday, January 21st. In honor of Martin Luther King Day, it will explore special challenges in treating disadvantaged populations in the U.S., the U.K., and other parts of the world, focusing, not surprisingly, on fatty liver disease and other metabolic syndromes. Stay safe and see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Drug developers, investors, researchers, and corporate executives wrestle weekly to understand what is happening in commercial development of NASH medications. Join hepatology researcher and key opinion leader Stephen Harrison, liver wellness advocate Louise Campbell, and forecasting and pricing guru Roger Green as they discuss the issues affecting the evolving NASH market from their own unique perspectives on the Surfing the NASH Tsunami podcast.